Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Small Ball Podcast brought to you by Super Saver Liquor and Wine. Go see my guy Mike at Super Saver right around the corner from Pete Taylor Park, as we tell you every week. Southern Miss got their season going. Everybody's got their season going now. So the only people we're waiting on are Major League Baseball, and they're at spring training. So they're getting uh, they're getting fired up as well tonight. We're going to go back to the youth baseball ranks. We've got a uh, tournament director on. We've talked about having all kinds of different folks on here. And so tonight we'll have uh, one of the Grand Slam tournament directors on. But so, but as we get started, I'm Charlie Rogers. He's Chancey Rogers, owner-operator of Bull what's Baseball up? here in Mississippi. And, uh, man, what's going on, Chancey? It's cooled off a little bit today. It's cool up in here in Starkville now. I uh, stepped out to Go do some lessons and uh, let Nolan hit a little bit, and uh, yeah, that wind really picked up. It was it was rocking this afternoon, and uh, yeah, it's it's it, I think it's going to warm up again. We had some rain early, and after that rain, it was it was cool. So yeah, cooled off. So you said you did some lessons today. Did yes. did one, one did one. Yep, yep. Um, and and let Nolan hit. So yeah, on these cool days, they don't they don't pile in because we don't quite have the facility here yet in uh starville so okay yeah that's we get kind of spoiled with the uh with the indoor Oof. down here in south mississippi that we uh we like to use look I, when when i first started this but you know i grind we had a facility there in uh green county and that, that's actually when i started doing lessons right outside of high school but uh no ac or anything and uh it was just out i mean it was the indoor but it was you know not conditioned and uh and uh we uh and then I moved to St. Louis, me and Cub, man, we had, <laughs> we was grinders and I'd done it before uh, we opened this one. You know, it didn't bother me, but yes, uh, back 42. Uh, and we're going to, we're going to have them guys on here for long, but that has definitely spoiled me is uh, air conditioned, heated uh, 12,000 square feet and I can do whatever I want to. And, and uh, yeah, it just spoiled this old, old fella. Yeah, well, me too. I, I enjoy being able to take Jackson over there, you know, six, seven, eight at night and be the only folks in there, you know, if you stay late enough and it's air conditioned, it's heated. We could go. We went, I think we went on Christmas Eve or something. I mean, it was, you can always go in there and uh, and get some work in. So there's a plug for those guys, but I know we'll have Bourne and them on here at some point too uh, to talk about that. But I want to, I want to jump into our uh, rule of the week segment and i never i never prep chancy for these um because scares it scares me I know, I know. You're, gonna, you're like gonna get me you're like ah, i don't know that one. <laughs> no no if i come up with one that i think that you might not know which i don't know that there are many that you don't know i'll prep you for that one but uh this week i just want to talk about this one's got kind of multiple facets um so i kind of want to talk about each iteration of it but i want to talk about when a runner is hit with a ball right so mm -hmm. so you've got obviously you've got the runner who's hit with a thrown ball you've got a runner who's hit with a batted ball and then you've got your batter i know there's some kind of rules there about the batter getting hit with his own ball so start out with just a runner getting hit by a thrown ball because i think that's the most simple one yeah so uh you talk about just a thrown ball say uh he's headed to third and throwing trying to throw him out at third uh, from yeah. the outfield. So, yeah, it, it's just the ball's still in play. Nothing's dead. Runners, uh, you know, it doesn't affect anything. Uh, besides, you better go get the ball and, and don't let him go to the next base. Yeah, so if that ball hits him, say, in his helmet and it careens off into left field somewhere, he can <clears throat> continue to run. 
Oh yeah, yeah, and then of course, you know, if the kid gets hurt or something, uh, you know, especially on the youth levels, um, then uh, you know, a lot of times the umpires just uh, stop play. It it actually happened uh, this weekend. Um, uh, well, it wasn't a thrown ball; it was, it was a batted ball hit a hit a defender, hit the pitcher, and uh, they finished out the play pretty much just one station up, and everybody stopped because it could have been real serious. So, you know, uh, they kind of make that judgment there. Just to, to stop play because you you know it could hit off a kid and just roll all the way to the fence and and, and you know depending on the situation and what league they're in. Yeah, and well, we've got a tournament director on tonight, and I know he's seen a lot of things and heard a lot of things, <laughs> but you know usually I think for the most part coaches are good about um, stopping their guys if there's somebody laid out on the field, not just not just windmilling everybody around. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, they do a good job of that. So the other element of that is a batter – or, excuse me, a runner hit by a batted ball. So say runner going first to second, uh, ball's hit by the batter, and it hits the runner. Yeah, so um, that's an out. So, uh, yeah, if you're a runner and the guy's hitting um, and it hits it hits you, you, you're out. So, you know, you'll see a lot of guys uh, either hesitate or jump, try to jump over balls and – it happens. I mean, it happens in the big leagues, um, you know, so it's one of those things you, you got to avoid, but you got to also know the rule too. You know, a lot of kids don't learn that rule till later on and they, they don't learn it till it happens to them, you know, type deal. Yeah. I think you also see as you get on up into the older ages, you also see guys who will kind of use that to their advantage too, where they'll kind of hesitate and uh, slow down and then speed up right as the ball gets there to kind of block the defender and that kind of thing um as well and then yeah and then there's also a batter so when the batter hits the ball um and then it hits him while he's on i guess when he gets out of the box does that still count as a bad uh hit by so a it, ball? yeah so that's uh so if it hits him out of the box yes it, it, he would be out but if it hits him in the box it's a foul ball so okay. a lot of times you see it hit off the foot and, you know, sometimes you can't tell, but the umpire um, sees it, hears it, whatever, and they, they'll call, um, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll call foul ball on that. But if he's out of the box, if he's out of the box, uh, then, then he's, he's out. So, say, if he bunts it, and, it and, it's, and it's fair, and he's running in fair territory, and it hits him, he's out. Or a ball that comes off the bat that's got some, some major spin on it that bounces back into right, him right. when he starts running. Right. Same yeah. thing. Yeah. Well, there you go. That's, um, that's one that I think, I mean, I think most people probably know the basics of that, but I do know some people get confused with the thrown ball versus the batted ball um, rules there. So just try to throw some stuff out there every week about rules that people may want to know or need to know. I know that um, one of our guys on our 11U team, his mom told me the other day that he was watching um, this our podcast actually listening to it and he came to her and he was like hey did you know that this rule is this and that you can do this or you can't do this and so uh so shout out to Jake Jake listens and uh oh, and he's awesome. picking up he's picking up on rules uh from from this podcast so there you go we'll keep well, doing it so that Jake can continue learning the game that's a that's a win for a small ball right there then if one kid Absolutely. learns something Absolutely. I think that was the week that we talked about the um, 
if the catcher catches the the third uh, foul yeah. tip. Yeah. All right. So let's move into our guest here. Uh, we'll bring him on. He is the Central Mississippi. Let him get his camera ready. He is the Central Mississippi Grand Slam director, uh, Monty McMullen. Monty, what's going on, brother? What's going on, guys? Hey, hey, welcome, Monty. Man, hey, I we're glad to, glad to have you here, Monty. Um, just tell us real quick, or you doesn't have to be real quick. We've got plenty of time. Just tell us a little bit uh, about yourself, man, where you're from and, uh, and how you ended up being Central Mississippi Grand Slam tournament director. Yeah, so I'm from Meridian and um, grew up there, played some college baseball and, you know, just uh, started an organization, the Golden Spikes, and played in a lot of tournaments and happened to play in a Grand Slam tournament in Mississippi when it was just getting started. And um, Mike Nairmore, the state director, had just taken over as state director, and I didn't really know him, but I had played in some of his tournaments in Winona. And I liked him. And uh, things were not going well, let's just say, at that tournament. Uh, we went to sleep Saturday night. There was no bracket. It changed all day Sunday. And I called him and I said, hey, man, I, if you ever need some help with this, I think I can do it. And that's kind of how it started. And here we are. So, wow. I didn't know okay. that. So how long? Oh, well, there you go. There See, you go. even Chancey's learning stuff. I'm learning, I'm learning stuff. <laughs> yeah. How long ago but yes, was that? As far as other personal stuff, you know, Mary got three kids, um, nine, six, and two. And um, for some reason, I decided to have a, a newborn at 47 years old. But, um, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, right? God bless you, brother. Yeah. Know, nine, six, and two. I know. I know. Hey, I got oh, yeah. something to say on the two uh, rules that you were talking about. Yeah, go ahead. So – one of them, I know Chancey knows, he just – he didn't go into detail. So, like, on the on the runner getting hit with the batted ball, if it passes like a defender that makes a play on it first and it hits the runner, he's he's not out. Right. So, like, if the first baseman's playing in or the infield's playing in to try to cut a run off at home, batter hits it and they make a play on the ball and miss it and it hits the runner, that's that's a live ball. Yeah. So, so if it goes off his glove or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he don't he don't even have to touch it as long as he made an effort to make a play on it. Um okay. but the weird one is, Tancy, and I still don't know if I know this answer. Okay. But a few weeks ago, we had a, a kid that had hit a deep fly ball and they caught it. And when they were throwing the ball back in, I don't know exactly how it happened, but the kid who was out that had hit the ball the throw hit him as he was leaving the field. I, I, I still don't know. I still don't know what the ruling should be on that. So right. yeah, that I, I don't know. It seems it seems like it. I mean, he shouldn't be there. He shouldn't <laughs> be there. Right. I mean, but the argument, you know, he was there on purpose. He wasn't. Who knows, man? I don't. Right. That's one of those where. You just if go with whatever the umpire yeah, calls. Yeah, is there even a rule for that? You know exactly. I yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I've seen a lot of that though. Yeah. I see it all. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, and it's those little things like that that pop up that people don't. I mean, that you never think about unless it's your game that it happens in. Oh yeah, for sure. I would think and, just from a and those things always happen on Sunday afternoon. They never happen on Saturday morning. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> oh yes. yeah, it gets real competitive there. Speaking yeah, of yeah, right. speaking of Sunday, uh, when I got you on here, we always uh, or we're, we're you know part of small small ball podcast. We want to uh, kind of um, you know talk about the winners each week and uh, and you know with with every tournament organization, every tournament kind of in our area, uh, you know because we we kind of we're covering travel baseball and. And, uh, you know, a lot of these, uh, I know my teams, they eat it up. You know, they like any credit they can get. So uh, we're going to kind of uh, talk about who made it to championships in each group uh, on Sunday. Chancey, can I, Chancey, yeah, can I stop you for just go, a second? Be- just, just because we were just on this topic, um, our good buddy from Super Saver, Mike Caldwell, is on Instagram watching, mm-hmm. and he had a question uh, uh-huh. about the rules. So that's why I wanted to uh, stop. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. What's he got? But it's, so his question was, what if the base runner is standing on the bag when the ball, when a batted ball hits him? Same. Yeah. So that happened also. And uh, according to my rules guide, the bag is not a safe oh, not. zone for the runner. So he's out. I would argue that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would argue that. Really? Because because I foul territory. Yeah, because foul territory is so. Really, if he was like, say, if he's at third, and he was in foul territory, he'd you know it'd be just a foul ball. That's correct. Mm -hmm. But if he he had his foot on the bag and it hit him, yeah, that's the only way I know that answer because it happened a few weeks ago, and I had to call to get clarification on him, and I was told that the bag is not a is not a safe safe place. So. Wow. So yeah. is that is that NFHS rules or is that you know, I mean is that kind of the I don't know if it's universal or not. Um would have to be NFHS for sure because that's what we were going by. All we gotta do is post it on TikTok or uh, a travel baseball Facebook page and we'll know that all the experts live there. Yeah, and we'll I hope I wasn't told answers. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll get plenty of answers. They, none of them may be right, but we'll get plenty of enthusiastic answers. But that's, that's interesting right. because Mike asked that question because we've had that happen in a game with us before. And I want to say we were told that the base was a, a safe zone. Now, it could have been an umpire who didn't know. But um, so that one's yeah. that one is that's interesting. So that's a good question, Mike. Thanks for asking that. We needed, yeah, we needed for, that. For sure. For sure. I mean, it makes sense because, say – you know, a kid didn't really get a walking lead at third, and he just uh, is in fair ter- territory, you know, like doing it wrong because I, I have a pet peeve about walking leads at third and doing it right and just say they, you know, teams that do it wrong. And, you know, one of them 12-year-old teams that hold the runner on at third and they're picking over there 15 times, and they just happen to be a foot away from the bag, and the guy turns on one, he turns and just touches the bag. He, that's an out, you know. He needs to be in that's fair right. territory. So it and- does make sense. Yeah, and it would happen more in coach pitch, you know, yeah. with no no leads. So. Yeah, so they got to get out of the way mm-hmm. <laughs> in foul territory. And if they're that's a second, right. if they're a second, just you better go. That's right. Well, that's and that's so that's good. I mean, there are a lot of coach pitch teams out there, and uh, several in Chancey's organization. And I know you guys fill up the coach pitch age brackets at these Grand Slam tournaments. Yeah. Um, so that's good for for those dads that are coaching those teams to know too. That's a that's a good rule and. Hopefully somebody else learned something tonight right. as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Chancey. Sorry about right. that, man. Go no, ahead with your no, scores. No. no, that's why we do this. No. So we're going to go through the scores. We're going to roll through them quickly. Uh, Monty, uh, if you, uh, you know, if, if you know an age group that, that had some battles or, you know, want to add something to it, just stop me and, sure. uh, and uh, let's talk about it. But, uh, 
Yeah, so the baby's here, the 7U. Uh, I got to watch yeah. some of it because Nolan uh, played with a team from Starkville. They got destroyed, but it was a good experience yeah. for him. He's five, so, you know, yeah. he, he's getting a good taste of it. But um, uh, our Bulls, uh, Williamson, oh, Caleb's team, in their first tournament, they finished uh, runner-up there, uh, played the East Coast Sox mm-hmm. in the championship, and the East Coast uh, won it. Uh, I didn't get to watch that game, but uh, watched it on Game Changer, and it looked like East Coast was uh, – not tired and and we were <laughs> yeah that's right that's right well uh, this the 7u is always the last group to get properly classified just because one there's not as many teams they don't play as much in the fall and you just don't know a whole lot about them so yep you know until they've played a few times you really don't know so i mean it was pretty obvious east coast is a double a team yeah um and they were double a before they got out of the parking lot Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and our group is too. So don't let yeah, Caleb, yeah. don't right. let don't let Caleb uh, tell you that they just uh you know yeah. seven U you know same thing with trout. So like I hate cutting seven U kids. We try to put as many together as possible because we don't know. You know they're our first yeah. little group, and and you know you the only get the only way in my opinion to get good at this stuff is is do it. So you got to play, and sometimes yeah. you got to get beat in a little bit to know what you got to get better at, and. So I encourage them, and they, they had a good fall, and and uh, and it looks like we're going to have a good spring with them. I'm excited about that group. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. enthusiastic. So moving on to 8U uh, single A, uh, we got ESA. Who is that, Monty? What's ESA? They're from the Macomb area. It's a little organization. It's Elite Sports Academy. Okay. Um, and they've, they've always – they usually have competitive teams in, in all of their age groups. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they were yeah. in the championship with uh, Northwest Rankin, uh, uh, Fire Black. Any of those Northwest Rankin teams yeah. are always uh, competitive. I've had to coach against them uh, throughout the years for sure. Yeah, Northwest Rankin's one of those teams where, you know, you've heard the term in baseball and in this, they're tweener, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll give you an example. So their record in single A is seven and zero, and their record in double A is zero and six. Oh yeah. So you know, it's kind of like, what do you do with them? But eventually, they got to figure it out in double A. So um, oh yeah, oh yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's the challenge. And and mm-hmm. we're, we're going to talk about these classifications once we get done with this because uh, yeah. I know I know we uh, my guys my coaches uh, you know give you heck about it, and and we're going to talk about kind of what you guys look for and. That way right. everybody knows. But moving sure. along, we got uh, 8UAA. Mm-hmm. It was six, Sixers baseball and uh, County Line Heat in the championship. County Line Heat came out of the champion there, and that was AA 8U. Yeah, uh, I, I think the 8UAA is probably our most balanced um, division. I, I think we've got a clear-cut AA group there. I don't – you know, there may still be a few borderline teams, but – very balanced, you know. The county lines struggled a little bit over the end of the fall and early spring, you know. Um, but they really came out swinging it. He was a little surprised himself. <laughs> All right, and and uh, this eight uh, U Triple A is what I'm excited about. Uh, elite baseball in the Hub City Jacks. Uh, I, I know Martin and them guys over there with the Jacks. Uh, so I, I was excited to see them at Triple A and, and winning it there. Uh, they, they finished as champions uh, for y'all. Yeah, in that AAA group, you know how it is. You've coached AAA teams. You know, those games could be run rules and they could be one run because, you know, if you're not ready to play in a game, you're going to take it on the chin. 
No um, doubt. And that, that championship game in 8U Coach Fish Baseball was 3, three to nothing. nothing. Wow. 3 man. to nothing. Yeah. So hats, hats all the both teams there. Uh, yeah, so I didn't even know the score of that. But what I was going to say just from obviously Experience. going to coach an 8U AAA team is in 8U Coach Pitch, you, you can get by in 7U just hitting the ball a lot. In 8U Coach Pitch, you got to be ready to play defense. And if yeah. you don't play defense – you're not going to you're not going to do very well. So I was not I didn't know the score but when you said 3 nothing that was did not shock me a bit. That's pretty well, impressive. There was only one game in that whole bracket that reached double digits in runs. Yeah. That's pretty that's, that's pretty awesome. It that's what separates at that age. That's what separates cuz everybody hits the ball. It's coach pitch. The coach is throwing right. to the bat, but that's what really separates the teams to me. As a, just a dad is man is if you can play defense, solid defense, you can win a lot of games. Oh yeah, yeah. well you you hear me uh, preaching that at uh, club training too, Charlie, and I really you know try to get in these coach pitch guys uh, coaches heads about that. You know, like look if, if they know where to go with the ball, they're gonna stop all that running, and it's gonna be close mm-hmm. games, and that that's where you can win. And we've got a we've got a group that that they didn't play this this weekend, but they're they're in that. Uh, they're right there with all those guys, and um, they're going to they be are. pretty good going down the road. So, um, moving on to uh, uh, 9U single A yep. uh, is be Jackson Yard Goats and Mississippi Warriors, and the Yard yep. Goats pulled it off there five to three. Mm-hmm. Yep, huge bracket as usual with nine single A. You know, we we keep a of, those a lot of, a lot of teams we, figuring it out. Yeah, that's right. And there's a few 8U teams that have decided to go ahead and start. Uh, playing in the kid pitch, um, and we you know we keep that nine single A to six runs per inning, um, just to give them that opportunity to figure it out. And um, I think it really helps them uh, a whole lot. You know, you don't get out there and you're standing out there for 45 minutes giving up 17, 20 runs in the inning. Nobody benefits from that. Right. So, um, but I, I was actually proud of that whole. Nine U bracket, the scores were low for nine single A, um, which is good to see because it shows that everybody's getting better. Yeah, and not not walkathons. That's so. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that just again from a dad perspective, because that's Monty. That's kind of what this show is: is it's baseball coach, organization owner, and then just a dad. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Just from a dad perspective, that jump from eight U to nine U, from kid to from coach to kid pitch, is I mean, it is gigantic. And so, you know, I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything you don't already know, but, um, you know, if there are teams that are dominant in 8U, I I absolutely recommend going and playing up a little bit and getting some of that experience, even if it's modified, you know, 8U modified kid pitch or whatever, because there's so much, you know, going on. You got kids who've never, never stood on a mound and now you're putting them on a mound to pitch and there's runners stealing and there's signs and there's catchers missing balls mm-hmm. and you got to play defense. And it, the, the, the difference is just astronomical. And, yes. and even from the offensive standpoint, like, I mean, you've got to hit a pitch that's not being thrown at your bat now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it's just nuts. And so that, yeah, you're right. I guess that explains why there are so many nine U single A's and that's where a lot of your teams get weeded out too. You know, you see kid pitch teams. We saw it quite a few times that are eight U triple A coach pitch teams. When they get to kid pitch, you don't hear from them much anymore. Right. That's right. It does not always translate into kid pitch. Right. That's for sure. 
Well, we, we try to, and I definitely encourage that too. Um, 9U AA uh, is uh, going to be Knights Nation, uh, uh, Jack Cresson's uh, organization there. He's done a great job expanding over here. Knights Nation Snow, 9U, and uh, Mississippi Legends. And Mississippi Legends beat them there in the, in the championship 11-1. to I'm sure they're going to get the text message and say they're getting bumped up next week too. <laughs> yeah, they, they might. Uh, man, I'll tell you, that, that's the hardest group. Well, again, to figure out how to get a triple-A group out of. Mm-hmm. I mean, because there's one – I'll just say it because I'd, I'd say it to them if they were sitting here. The recon is the oddest team out there. I mean, they can just smoke it for four games and then all of a sudden they're low double-A again. You know, it's just like these, these double-A teams, they teeter on – taking that next step and then they take two steps backwards. So yeah. there's still there's although the talent level is is a you know a notch higher, they're still trying to figure it out. And so oh yeah it's it, a tough it, group it's a tough group to figure out classification wise. Yeah it's tough and and you know staying with the numbers and everything. I know when I worked in St. Louis it was a lot different because you had so many more teams. Mm-hmm. You had so many more triple A teams and so many yeah. more major teams there was a clear separation. There's not a clear separation sometimes in double A and triple A here. Yeah. And, and, you know, just seeing that, and I have to tell people that all the time, like that there's going to be some triple A teams in double A and there's going to be some single A teams in there too. You know, it's yeah. just, it's just our numbers. We're, we're you know, not a heavy populated uh, state. So it just is. What That's it is. right. You also never know where you're going to get from nine-year-olds from day to day. Either. <laughs> well, it's, hey, uh, I coached at the college level, and you don't know what you're going to get there. Yeah, from there, there. No, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Well, the, um, moving on to 10, uh, 10U, uh, single A. Uh, so I know these guys, I hope they get to get a bump, but uh, our Mississippi Bulls, Phillips team, uh, rolled through that, and they need to get bumped up already. already <laughs> talking they to did. Yep. They did. Before they got back to the Pine Belt, they were, were double A. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I'm uh, uh, Ryan's done a great job of that group because they have struggled the uh, last couple of years and trying to trying to catch up. They they play, they were playing catch up, and uh, so mm-hmm. to see that 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 was really good. They played the Brandon Mud Dogs in the championship, and uh, the Bulls pulled it off. And so, um, yeah, I, I was I was happy for them and and ready to see them face some better competition too. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, they'll do fine. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, well, Ryan does a good job over there. Uh, 10U AA, uh, we got Cannonballers and Brick City Warriors. Uh, where's Brick City Warriors from? They're from Madison County. Okay. All right. That's the first mm-hmm. time I've heard that name. Uh, it, of course, we know the Cannonballers. Uh, then they uh, they won it there in, in the AA bracket. Yeah. They're uh, they're on their way to, to uh, AAA. Let's put it that way. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, Chance, you have to let these teams play their way there. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, I'll, I could, I me. could bump, I could bump a team based on what I know and what I see. It's a lot easier to do it when the paper agrees. You know, when what's on paper oh, matches. I, I, I do the same so, thing with players, just on the yeah. opposite end. You know, when yeah. uh, I'll, I'll let them. Uh, you know, when they think they're a shortstop, I'll put them at shortstop and just let, let it let it happen. You That's know, right. like, uh, like now you see. I already knew this, but now you see. But uh, yeah. moving on to uh, 10 Triple A, which uh, uh, our group uh, had a hard time. This was their first weekend, but they had some really good teams they're facing. Uh, Knights Nation, Dean, 10 uh, really well-coached uh, team over there. I've already seen them. He coaches 11U, too, um, and Mississippi Yankees, which is a great organization there, Jackson, um, 10U, and the Yankees end up uh, pulling that one out 13-12. to 12. It looked like it was a 
it was a it was a good game there in that championship. You know, and real quick back to the double A, I want to. I was had we had a team from Arkansas in the double A um, this past weekend, so I was really happy for them to come down and make the trip. Um, but the ten triple A, you know, out of the eight teams in there, I think six or seven could have won that event. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Oh yeah. When when my group is hot, they're hard to beat. They yeah. they won some some eleven U. They played up and you know won some eleven U. Uh, but sometimes that that triple A of the actual age is better than the age up. Uh, yeah. You know mm-hmm. sometimes. Um, but on the eleven U single A, uh, you got Sixers baseball eleven U and Diamond Dogs. Uh, the Sixers pulled that one out in eleven U single A six to three. Yeah, they did, and both of those guys, both those teams, talented teams right there on the verge of double-A, both got bumped after the event. Um, you know, just constantly trying to balance things out, and good man, we, I, we've had over 700 teams sanctioned in Mississippi, and 500 of them may be 11-year-olds. Wow, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's, that's a big group. I, I know audience... It is a ton of 11-year-old teams, yeah. man. Well, we've Monty, got, is that, we've got is that Sixers team from Jones County? Is that? Yeah, that's the Sixers team from Jones County. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we've got three of them, and, and that, that's a lot for us. Uh, yeah, it so, is. Um, so 11U-AA, we've got uh, Knights Nation uh, Kuro, uh, mm-hmm. 11U, and then uh, Mississippi Yankees uh, 11U Silver was in it, and Mississippi Yankees yep. pulled, pulled that one out. Yeah, another competitive bracket. You know, a lot of balance in there. Probably could have gone to three or four different teams. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 12U single A, uh, you got um, uh, Madison County Thunder, Royal, and um, uh, Louisiana Pelicans, and the mm-hmm. Pelicans pulled that one out 9 nothing. Yeah, and you know what's odd about 12 single A mm-hmm. from my experience over the years? There's not a lot of movement in classification. Usually 12 single A is 12 single A most of the year. They just, right. you know, the kids are getting older, right? Yeah. And puberty becomes part of the equation sometimes. No and, doubt. Um, you know, it just um, it seems to they're starting to peak out a little bit on on they they're going to stay with baseball. They're not that kind of thing. So twelve single A kind of balances out, and they just kind of hang around that single A area for a while. I mean, there's some movement, but for the most part, a lot of those twelve single A teams stay there. Oh yeah, that puberty thing it it happened with. Uh... I twelve U Robbins team, uh, yep. which you know, uh, th- I wouldn't say they're single A, but uh, they, they were they were a okay double A. But several of those hit kids hit puberty, and they are triple A. And Drew can argue with you all you want; they're a triple A team, and they, he they, will. Yeah, and they look, they can <laughs> swing it and they can throw it. Now they yep. might do, do a lot of things right, and and that's our fault. We, we'll get better at that, but uh, get them better at that. But uh, now those kids have grown up and becoming young men. Um, yep. No but and we're we're dealing with it too because we're uh, you know team I coach with uh, Charlie's son on it as uh, Caldwell's old team and um, you know they're they're a, they're eleven U AAA and probably a major team at times uh, but you know we can't play 12, 12 U single A because we we would probably do very very well there but double mm-hmm. A we do well we compete we had a great uh, tournament this weekend uh, but puberty does play a part in that for us, us little babies, you know, we, we've got one, you know, maybe, uh, in that rim, but, but yeah. the rest of them are still on the baby side, but they get after it. I love it because, you know, it just makes them play higher and, and, 
and that's the bracket uh, I'm looking at now. And, and of course, we, we, we broke those 11-year-old hearts. Uh, Lincoln Express, <laughs> uh, we were two feet away, Monty. Uh, we had time runs at second and third, and, and I think our seven or eight hole was up, and he hits a line drive barreled up, I mean, right to the shortstop. Uh, uh, two feet left or right, we're, we're, tied, we're tied up. Oh, uh, man. Oh yeah, and so it, that was a and he well and he's you know that's a perfect example of what you were just saying. He's one of those kids that has not Ooh. hit puberty. He's a he's a little small. bitty eleven year old. Yeah, he's 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 a, he's small. a very small eleven year old. He, he's going to he, be if he gets bigger, that ball that ball goes into the gap. Oh, yeah. and, and no no doubt no doubt. And but there was great competition there and and that uh and that double A from what I saw and uh, the Thunder. Uh, uh, that that made it to the championship with them. They beat our uh, born team, and that, that was a really close game. I think a one run game over there. In fact, yeah. we we had one run games uh, through through the whole tournament. Every yeah. every game was, and uh, yeah. so that yeah. was awesome. Very competitive bracket, you know. And it would not have surprised me if if you guys or Sox Johnson would have won that twelve double A or the or, you know yeah. when when they're just a uh, wow factor even when they get hot. So. Oh yeah, um, well, yeah. We 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 squeezed by Wild Factor. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a really really good game there, man. I, I was, I mean, I could talk about my team all day, but I was, I was super proud of them. Of course, they, yeah. they're the young, younger bunch, but but just uh, you know, a lot of baseball stuff happened, and and it was good for for them to experience that because that's what I look for. You know, that one reason you don't ever have to deal with me fussing about umpires. I'm just. I'm looking at how many baseball situations can happen in right. the hour and a half or hour 20 that we have, how many at bats can they get? You know, I always look for that. So arguing with umpires waste time. The only time I fuss at an umpire, if they are, are lazy and wasting time, I'm like, let's go. Right. Don't be talking to that coach either. That takes too much time. That's already, right. know the, already know the rule. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So man, a lot of that happened. This weekend, and by the way, nobody ever brags on them, but uh, all our guys were awesome. Uh, they dealt with uh, some silly stuff on one game I'm not going to talk about, but um, they they dealt with it like professionals and knew that I knew and just catered to the situation and, and made the time just roll on uh, yeah. several times. But, yeah, we had, we had a, a, a great sets throughout the whole tournament. You know, That's good to hear. I thought yeah, so too. I, I, yeah, we talked about that some among kind of among parents and stuff. And, and, you know, you go places and sometimes they're not great. But I think every we played five games and I think every uh, every umpire set we had was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I love the communication and time management and just, you know, just ma- making it happen and, and not being ridiculous and, you know, being there. You know, uh, most of the times, and we, we could have a whole, whole episode on umpires because, yeah. you know, I, I definitely I'm one of them that think it's getting ridiculous, and and you know, I, I think the whole world's competitive. Everybody tries to take sides, and and instead of just like just playing the game, and who cares if they screwed up? You know, we we still have to hit the baseball in a different place, or or yeah. make a better throw, or do something different. You know, we we still have to get better. So quit worrying about them getting better. They don't play for you. Um, you know, and that that's the way I look at it. So. Well, um, I tell you what we had to do, uh, you know, a couple of years, two years ago, I started Grand Slam Mississippi Umpire Association because we needed to get more of a handle on what input we could have, you know, with those guys. And we just needed the familiarity, you know, um, the same guys coming so we know who could do what. And so, I, you know, 
they they pay dues now and um uh we give them apparel you know a lot of it we talked about the meeting you know hey when y'all walk out on the field you gotta look professional because if you don't they're automatically gonna think that you don't know what you're doing um and so we've we've worked really hard on trying to improve the quality of umpiring uh from the way they dress to the communication uh to all of it it's it's we've worked really hard and i think it's going well yeah, I, I definitely can tell. I'll be one of the guys because I know you get the crazy phone calls. Um, but but I, I'll be one of the guys that I, I'm – and I claim to be one of the most aware people in the room and, and I'm mo- mo- definitely the most aware person on the field. And and the last – I mean, last two years, I could tell that it's gotten better. I mean, I, yeah. I've had really a low amount of issues. I've had more issues out of my parents just being idiots than, <laughs> you know, the umpires being idiots, in other yeah. words. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's not great talking about me, Monty. Uh, not, not him. Not him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you that when we put in the rule two years ago that, hey, if if one of your fans gets thrown out, the head coach is thrown out too. I'm telling you, man, things have improved drastically. Yep. Cal Ripken does that, you know, um, and that 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 does a good, that that fixes it. Well, the the umpire Alaska's, you know, but man, the coach is nice as he being said anything the whole game. I don't want to throw him out. I said, nope, he's gone because they can handle that Tuesday at practice. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Well, that, that's a good point there, and and I definitely appreciate you guys working on it. Moving forward on the AAA, twelve U AAA got Gulf Coast Crusaders twelve U and uh, Madison Havoc, and the Gulf Coast Crusaders pulled that one off. Uh, I haven't seen any of those. Uh, maybe I've seen Havoc play, uh, but it sounds like they're a pretty competitive group there. Yeah, so just an interesting stat. Um, there were six games in that bracket, and, and um, four of the six were one-run games. Um, so, man, so, really, really strong. Gulf Coast came from Mobile and laid the hammer. They got uh, after it. So. Well, I, I was wondering if that, what, what coast they were from. Yeah, that, they're from Mobile. Awesome, awesome. Uh, 13U single A, you got Brandon Mud Dogs, uh, Campbell, um, and uh, Team Warstick, uh, and, and Warstick pulled that one out the four to three in that uh, 13U mm-hmm. single A. Yeah, 13 um, um, year old is always who's that team? Who's that team? It's right. the biggest turnover every year, right. you know, teams break up after 12U. School ball starts happening. School ball is just yeah, it's just a whole different, whole different ball game. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Fourteen U double A. You got uh, Canes STO. Are they from St. Louis? They are. They from oh, St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that that make. I wish I'd known they were there. I bet uh, that they would have known some of my people. And then Madison County Thunder. Fourteen um, U Red uh, made the championship there, and the Canes St. Louis pulled it out. So it was definitely yeah. worth their trip. Yeah, for sure. They they got a little taste of everything. They were able to play at Pearl and Jackson Prep, and I think they had a really good time. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, yeah, I, so kind of that's the end of that tournament. But uh, to kind of talk about that, I, I definitely have uh, last few years have enjoyed you guys uh, adding those venues there in Jackson. Um, it, it's Of course, they're nice, but also um, – um, for the older kids, and we're doing it this year, uh, like with the 14s, 15s, you're, you're having some 15U tournament stuff because, yeah. um, you know, me and you've talked, 15U showcase is almost unnecessary. And, you know, uh, you know, unless, if a kid is 
showcase where if he's Connor Griffin, speaking of uh, Jackson Prep, and you're 15-year Connor Griffin, you don't need to be playing on a 15-U team anyway unless you're right. playing a national event somewhere. You need mm-hmm. to be playing 17-U or something like that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, just your, your normal ninth grader that uh, is preparing for school ball and preparing to make the varsity team next year needs – what I want to call regular tournaments to play in. And I uh, appreciate you guys trying to trying to make that happen because I know we're going to take advantage of it. Yeah, Chancey, the, the amount of reps that players lose between 14 and 15, it, man, I'm telling you, it's it's so much. And, and that's junior high ball is hard to watch. Again, it gets kind of back to the puberty. Kids still have a great skill set, but they're not strong enough to hit the ball out of the infield. They lose confidence. The a lot of the te- schools that have junior high schedules may have six games. You got twenty kids on the team, trying to get them all at bats. Get two at bats a week. Yeah, man, and just the reps that they yep. lose is just man, it's it just kills them. So yeah, it's it's my soapbox every year. You know, yeah. I, I have parents. You know, I'll, they'll call me. You know, I, I'm I have one today. You know, just something wanting lessons and. Man, I got to get him used to that drop three in school, and they, all, you know, got to get him ready for ball. Yeah, and and we're, you know, we're kind of in the, you know, we're the abnormal uh, area that has junior high baseball around mm-hmm. the nation. That's not very common, you know. Uh, Even in the Jackson metro area, it's not common. Right, right, and so yeah. it's it's more of a rural school and like school pride, and they yeah. think they made the high school team and all this stuff. And the, the 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 benefit that I see is that they at least get to practice every day. They That's get to right. do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but some schools are very limited. It's just limited resources, and who mm-hmm. knows who they've got coaching it? You know, is, is exactly. going to be a soccer coach or somebody just getting that extra supplement that has no clue about baseball? Now, some places have it figured out. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't I don't, I don't think it's everybody. But man, yeah, you're right. It is very very tough to watch and. Uh, they digress, and so then I get the phone call again. Hey, coach, you were right. Uh, so what do we do? And I was like, well, that's why you know us and SBG and and Knights, like that's why we we are formed. And 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 you know Golden Spikes, we we were there. We're here for uh, for the extra, the the that's stuff right. that you're missing out on. Well, that's what we're supposed to be doing is preparing you for high school, yeah. and that that's what most big organizations do elsewhere. Uh, you know, like in St. Louis, I mean, very, very competitive at 13 and 14. Mm-hmm. And and they do not swing drop threes, you know, and, and, and there's a reason for that. It's puberty is the reason for that. They're yeah. not ready for it. And That's right. they want them to be able to continue to keep their swing. Now, obviously, a lot of them, you know, especially when they get 14, they start swinging woods. They play wood bat tournaments. They do different stuff to prepare them even more. But I'm a big fan of like, no. Swing a drop five if you can, bro. You know, if they let you swing it, you know, yeah. so that, that's that's where I'm at. And I'm sure you've watched it enough to, to see that too. Yeah, I mean, the game's already too big for them at that age anyway. You know, right. putting a bat in their hand that they can't handle, you know, just creates bad habits, uh, lack of confidence. It's just a whole plethora of things that, are negative compared to what the positives are. So I, I agree. I mean, let them swing what they can to continue to grow. Boom. Appreciate it. Appreciate you backing me on that body. Yeah, I got you on that. Some, <laughs> some people really, really fight me on that. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, 
man, these kids have to have confidence. Baseball is hard enough, right? So, I mean, even in the big leagues when they're struggling, a lot of it's because they've just they're losing their confidence. And so it just, you know, why make it harder? No doubt. No doubt. Monty, you know, I know you was I was super impressed when y'all were going through those age groups and you're like, yeah, this team did this and this team did this and this team is always here and this team is here that you you know every team in every age bracket and how, who coaches them, where they're from, how yeah. they did in the last tournament, how they do in the next one. Tell me, how do you do that? I mean, is that something you just, <laughs> just have an addiction? Yeah. Like you, you, you well, just love no, it? No, I'm probably, I'm probably a little different than a lot of tournament directors. I do this full-time. So this is, you know, my full-time job. I'm not – you know, working somewhere else and then trying to do this on the side. So, I mean, I spend all day, every day inside this system, you know, trying to figure out a way to make Grand Slam better, our tournaments better. And, you know, just in the process of that, you learn the teams, you build the relationships. And because it for me and for my employees and our group, you know, and my partner, Brian, you know, it for us, it's the relationships. Um we decided that when we first started that, you know, there were certain tournaments that we had played in as coaches that where you couldn't get a phone call answered or, you know, there was nobody on site to find if something went wrong. You could be from two hours away and play on Friday at six and just, you know, it just things that shouldn't be that way. So in the process of trying to do things the right way, you just learn these people, you know, and um, I, I do care about classification. So, to, to care about it, you got to study them and, and and watch them and to make sure they're in the right place. So that's probably one reason that I'm able to kind of spit that off uh, quickly. What goes into – I mean, we'll, we'll stay away from the Mark Paul tournament right now because I know, I know that's a whole different animal. But what mm-hmm. goes into putting on one of these tournaments uh, on any given weekend? What all – I mean, what all is going into that? Yeah, so for us, you know, our tournaments are big every weekend in Central Mississippi. So a lot of well, our, there's a reason for that. They're they're yeah, run very yeah, well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, like Carly and Caitlin are here right now. You know, they're separating rings, getting armbands ready. Um, you know, our whole our whole thing is <laughs> yeah, they're flipping their hair. Um, Good job, Bonnie. Our whole thing is is if we're prepared. When we get there, the tournament will run itself. Um, and, it, you know, sometimes it can be chaotic on our side, behind the scenes. But as long as the perception to the teams playing in it is things are running smooth, then, you know, we're doing it the right way. But it it's a lot. You know, we have kind of a routine that, you know, uh, Sunday we send out an email that says, hey, if you're planning to withdraw, you know, withdraw from the tournament. So that way we spend Monday kind of working on a spreadsheet to lay out the teams or the divisions and what fields, you know, kind of get an idea of what we're going to be using. Um, Let teams put in their schedule requests, which I think we do a better job than anybody of accommodating requests. Um, And then Tuesday we try to work on the schedule and put it out. Sometimes that goes into Wednesday. Um, Then, you know, Thursday, you start sending out the, hey, these are the rules and things like that. And then, you know, then the weekend comes and we get after it. So, mostly, so you like to 
you'd like for most of the work to be done up front. So when the weekend uh, 100, gets there. 100%. The work has to be done up front. You know, if you're, if you're facing situations where possible weather situations or, you know, different things, as long as you communicate everything up front, this is how the bracket's going to be. It's a little different, whatever. You know, it really cuts out on a lot of stuff that you have to deal with, you know, once the tournament starts. And so, yeah, we put a lot of work, a lot of hours. I have, you know, Carly works in the office during the day and uh, Caitlin comes a couple nights a week. And, you know, it's a group effort in, in getting it ready. Um, it's a lot of work, a lot of hours. You know, I don't get to coach my own kids or, you know, see a lot of their stuff because I'm off doing this. So. As they get older, that's starting to wear on me a little bit. So, but I've got a lot of good people around me. So, you know, there's going to be times that I have to delegate that kind of stuff. But definitely a lot of work before the event goes. And then, you know, we put y'all chance. You know, I mean, if you have issues at our fields, you can you call me, and I have somebody right there within, you know, hopefully a few seconds. Um, and that's one thing that we really try hard to do is have a lot of people in place. That way, we can handle you know, whatever comes about. Yeah, there's no doubt. That's, uh, you know, when, when people ask me, um, you know, that's one reason we use you guys a lot. Of course, you know, we've got to kind of share the love of different age groups and whatnot. Some some age groups don't play with anybody else. But uh, mm -hmm. but one reason, you know, um, you know, it's not the discounts. It's not the, you know, it, it, it's just you guys run a really good tournament with way less issues than most. And I appreciate um, it. Yeah. And, and so, you know, that's definitely hats off. And of course, you know, uh, me and you've had a relationship, you know, just because you've had an organization, I, you know, I, I I've had one, I went through the struggles. I, I kind of, I've bounced stuff off of you and, and trust mm -hmm. you, but, but, you know, you, you've kind of uh, rolled into this and put the energy into this and, and it yeah. definitely shows, you know, I mean, um, I hear, you know, very, very minimal negative, you know, I'm sure you hear, you get to hear the, uh, <laughs> the good stuff, but, uh, but you know, on my end, far as parents and everything and coaches, uh, that's the main thing, you know, I want my coaches happy and, and, uh, and you, you do a good job of that for me. So I appreciate it. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. And let me just say this too. We definitely don't do everything right. I mean, sometimes we get it wrong, you know, whether it be, you know, umpires are going to make bad calls. That's part of it. But sometimes, even as directors, you know, we, we don't do things right. We you know I'll look back on a Monday sometimes and say, hey, I wish we'd handled that a little different or whatever. But, but you know, another thing that, we, that we've got people in place or we got, every, you know, as far as my directors, we got sheriff deputies, directors of public safety, you know, I try to put people in place that know how to handle situations if it comes down to it. Part of part of the reason that the tournaments run so smoothly, and, and we've already hit on it a little bit, so I don't want to go into, you know, the whole umpire thing, but at what point, you know, we talked about the process of getting these tournaments together. At what point are you trying to get umpires lined up and how difficult is that to do? Because I know, not just everybody wants to be an umpire. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we have a, a UIC that we, uh, you know, he assigns them for us. So as far as me personally, that's not a, you know, something I have to deal with as far as finding them and getting them assigned. Um, but. That's good to know because I, I don't think a lot yeah. of people know that. 
Yeah, and and that's what I used to my my most popular answer three years ago when people would call about umpires like, hey, I don't know them, I don't have control who I get, I can control who comes back, but you know, it's out of my hands. But I don't have to say that anymore because of the changes we made with that association, and I think that's that's really helped a lot. So, um, but you know, I got a call. 15 minutes before we went on air that says we're missing, you know, we're about 14 umpires short right now. So, so my stress level is higher on a Wednesday night than it normally would be because, you know, you got high school baseball, high school softball, college baseball, you got other travel ball tournaments in different parts of the state. So it's definitely spread thin. So I've already made calls to Louisiana and Alabama grand slam, seeing if we can get some reinforcements. So, that's, that part is definitely stressful because, you know, not to state the obvious, but you can't run it without the umpires. So it's uh, it does become a little stressful. Oh, man, just throw a few dads out there. They know how to do it anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, well, you can throw the moms out there. They, uh-huh. they, they... <laughs> yeah. yeah, so let, let's, ask, let's ask that question. So I'm just kidding, moms, that yeah. y'all are watching this. <laughs> yeah. I, I, have to, I have to shut down the moms more more often the the dads usually have to like uh kick out you know like totally yeah. eliminate uh, yeah. uh if they get riled up uh but uh yeah the moms definitely uh seem to be a little more uh vocal and uh yeah and, and quick they're quick on, on on uh you know letting the umpire know no doubt you gotta gotta love the passion man <laughs> So, Monty, you know, we talked about the process of putting a tournament on like that. And mm-hmm. then last week, you guys threw in the whole other element of having Mark Paul there. Obviously, yeah. we had Mark on the show with us. He's energetic and talks a lot and moves around. And mm-hmm. um, so tell us a little bit about that, um, that collaboration between Grand Slam and Mark Paul. And then what extra you guys had going on having him um, at all the facilities this weekend? Yeah, so um, basically Mark Paul had played in a few Grand Slam World Series with his son's team and um, had met Larry Thompson, uh, Grand Slam owner, and they just kind of hit it off. And as Mark's popularity grew, he got a few offers from for, from some different organizations to do what he's doing with Grand Slam, but he turned them down. He called Larry and said, hey, I'm getting some offers, but I'd really like to do this with you. Um, so they worked out a deal and um, when we were notified that, you know, hey, we could host some tournaments with Mark Paul in it if we're interested. I chose February 23rd because I wanted to be the first one. You know, I just um, that's kind of been a, a staple of ours. You know, we've had Domingo Ayala. We've had Jose Canseco. Um, and when I found out we could have Mark Paul, I wanted to jump on it as quick as possible. So. Um, he's easy to work with. I mean, you know, he's just, just like us. Um, and you know, you got to make different arrangements, travel arrangements as far as plane tickets and, you know, extra hotel rooms. And I think my hotel room list was up to about 15 this past weekend between staff and him and, you know, his assistant and things like that. So then I had to, you know, get a few people to come in and kind of be his handler just to walk around with him, keep him moving. Um, so we didn't get, you know, stuck in one place so we can make sure everybody got an opportunity to see him. So definitely more that goes into it. Um, but again, 
if you're ready and you know prepared for it and do you know try to have a plan in place that it'll usually run smooth and i thought it went great i thought it did too yeah i mean i saw him where i was over at flowwood on uh saturday where he was and then saw him obviously we were at the quarry on sunday and mm -hmm. um he kept moving and and you yeah. got your guys were or, or young ladies too were kind of ushering him around but yeah. nobody he didn't really stick anywhere and so uh, yeah. everybody got to do their pictures and videos and um, I thought it was, I thought it went really well. And that's a huge draw. I mean, you can talk yeah. about just the, the difference in excitement level, um, having him there as well. well it, yeah. So I can't say, there's no way to say this without sounding arrogant probably, but as far as needing teams, I didn't need Mark Paul. Right. But, mm -hmm, right. I, but what we don't want to just run tournaments. We want to run events. We want to, you know, we want, kids to be excited we want the the parents to be excited you know we don't want it to get stale where people are just it's just another tournament we come we play we leave i mean i'm just trying my best to avoid that um with what we do and so you know i'm i'm always going to be trying to bring in different people like that just to give you know the adults and the kids different experience because it can get stale you know it can get really um programmed you know where you're just doing the same thing and i don't think that's good for anybody so well um, uh, definitely uh, definitely created a lot of excitement his his i underestimated his popularity it was <laughs> way I, I really did all right all right monty uh, chancy's got a question but i need to know real quick were there more excited moms or more excited kids <laughs> moms 100 <laughs> percent. not even close that's, Mom, that's moms that's are on their on that TikTok. Yeah, moms are on their TikTok, uh, um, watching other stuff, and he just happens to pop up, and you know, yeah. and, and they, they watch it a little longer. And, yeah, you know, and he's talking their, about them. Yeah, and it's <laughs> yes. and it's on their algorithm. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. Well, they're looking at the, they're they're like, yeah, is that really a bad thing that I do? You know, they're You're right, right. Oh, am I doing that? <laughs> but no, I think it's beautiful. And, and just back to the event, uh, you know part of it uh you know I, i'm a big event word user like if you mm -hmm. notice when my teams win i that's what i say i say a grand slam event yeah that's right um, uh, just because I, I i don't like travel ball and i don't like tournaments you know i, I sure. don't that's not what i'm in it for and uh and so i i try to stay away from those words in a sense and and uh because this is event like uh yeah. just whether i'm 11 you we played five games i told them Dude, that's plenty. In fact, that's probably too much for y'all yeah. on a weekend. But the fact that we got to do it, and it's very good competition, it was one-run games. Their competitive emotion was very high on a lot of them where, hey, I had that at-bat to uh, to, yeah. to get the game-winning hit or, or uh, you know, I, I had a great at-bat and walked. Uh, I think Jackson had a, a great at-bat like that. Uh, the, we've had several of them in the tournament. Those little things are what I, what I take in so – the tournament just creates those things and of course you know you bring in and 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 people like this where hey they they've got shades to go by they've got yeah. um you know uh they got somebody to go see or whatever it is it doesn't matter yeah um you know and 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 i've been to other tournaments like that that that's very like art it's all about who won that weekend like yeah. you know even though we i just named off everybody that won we want to do that to kind of congratulate them, kind of pump up sure. the kids more. But 
that's definitely not what it's about. It just it, yeah. it's not. And so now I appreciate you saying that and, and trying to create that. I think that's paying off too. You know, I think people are understanding that more and and kind of yeah. taking out the stigma of just like, oh, everybody's ring chasing. It's not necessarily yeah. I mean I mean the ring is just it's just part of it if you if you have a good weekend, you know. Sure. And, sure. and, and the tournament itself has to be the event. Yeah, you got it. You want people to leave there talking about it, you know, and wanting to come back, right? So, like, we made sure we try to make sure we got photography vendors, and you know, for us personally, and it starts at the gate. We even drive through. I mean, our gate, our employees are required to wear red on Saturdays with the Grand Slam logo on it because we want people to immediately feel like they're coming to an event, um, and so we we just. As soon as they come through the gate, we're trying to create that that tone, uh, you know, and that attitude of this is an event, you know, it's, it's fun, but it's, you know, it's a serious thing because you want people to act the right way. But at the same time, you want them to feel like they're part of something or doing something bigger than maybe it really is. Um, and I think, you know, that's what creates better memories. And, you know, the more vendors you have and things of that nature, I just think overall it's a better experience when you treat it that way. No doubt. And you, you've seen it like I have, uh, I, this is my 11th year in the business and, uh, mm -hmm. and you've been, you know, like, like you said, a, a owner, uh, also and kind of watching how travel ball, uh, let's, let's take, let's take the terms back. How select baseball, you know, back when yeah. they called them select teams, mm -hmm. um, how select baseball, travel baseball, club ball, tournament yeah. ball, uh, has changed in the last 10 years. And, um, you know, looking into the future, what 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 are you seeing? Is uh, you know, where where is it going, and and where, what are you guys trying to do to kind of uh, keep it? You know, besides what you just said, what are some things you're doing? Yeah, so you know, I think probably the biggest difference from you know when I started, you know, I don't know, twelve, thirteen years ago, definitely more. You know, things have shifted away from rec ball more. We all know that. Um, and, you know, everybody plays travel ball from a business standpoint. It's great, you know, and from, from a coach's standpoint, you know, you, it, not that I mind everybody playing, but I also want them to be being taught, you know? So, um, I think one thing that I've seen more is just so many teams, right. And then you got more teams wanting to join organizations and, and things like that. Um, I, I probably see it going more that way, to be honest with you. I, I think it's becoming organization heavy. Um, and, you know, and I think that's going to, I think there's just, everybody's going to have an organization where it be two teams or whether it be 20. I think everybody's trying to start a little organization, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, not well, all. They see, the it, they see the benefit. They see the benefits in yeah. numbers. And, and yeah, yeah, no, I agree with that. Uh, just because we're usually behind on things in mm -hmm. St. Louis area, which, where I experience uh, in Dallas area, uh, my brother worked in. It's a, it's the same way. You know, there's not many single teams out there. You know that sure. that, that Uncle Johnny put together. Um, that there's there's a lot lot more organizations and and a little more yeah. structured. And if your kid plays baseball, they're gonna say, "Oh, what clubs he with?" You know, that's yeah. that's the lingo. Um, uh, in those places where here hadn't quite got there, but it's coming, you know, you see yeah. more, more nights teams and 
course, SBG has done a great job. Yeah. We've done a great job uh, growing through the years, and yeah. you know, I, I definitely agree with that. Well, I, yeah, you I, know, I, I tell that's you, interesting. Go, go ahead, Charlie. Yeah, I was just gonna say that that's interesting because I I've seen it, but I had not thought about it that way. But even even that team that Uncle Johnny started, Chancey, you 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 see that team that Uncle Johnny started, and then the next thing you know, there's another team with that same name. And then there's now they got three teams. So <laughs> yeah. so tournaments, I mean not tournaments, organizations are even starting up from that team that Uncle Johnny yeah. started, you know. Yeah. Uncle, and, and, it, Uncle Johnny got him a team and now he's got him an organization. Now he's yeah. got a whole organization. Yeah. <laughs> I, it it, it does do you, that. I had not thought about it, but it does. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know, building on that, what one thing that concerns me is the tryouts at the end of spring is becoming earlier and earlier you know it used to be the state tournaments first or second week of june people start having tryouts in mid-july to start getting ready for august but man i think i promise you i think some tryouts are happening before june even gets here um that's concerning you know to me i i don't like that part of it i, I just everybody's trying to get the early jump on on kids and i, I really wish that that they and there's nothing you can do to police it, you know. So I, I just really wish people would let the, the the season finish and give the kids three or four weeks off completely, and and then come back in mid July and have their tryouts and get ready for the fall. But man, it's it's really concerning to see how earlier that starts, and that that's one thing that I don't like the way that's trending. Well. If you've listened to me, me and you've had a, this conversation um, before, and I, I get frustrated. Um, I've said this on another podcast, talking with intent. Um, I, I definitely think there needs to be some type of board that that can help police it, uh, because yeah. I am totally agree with you. It um, the bad thing about having all these organizations, uh, it becomes very. Uh, I hate using political because parents use that like for high school players. Like it's so political over there. No, when I say political, I mean uh, dividing, you know, like, sure. like, Oh, you play with the socks. Oh, you play with the yeah. Knights. Oh, you play with the bulls. Yeah. I don't, I, Oh, you're a bull. Like, like, Oh, you're a Democrat or you're a Republican. I hate that. I, yeah. You're a baseball player. I like, yeah. I, I give lessons to everybody. I, I love any kid that wants to get better, and, and, if, and, yeah. and if I can help them, I can help them if it's a team or whatever. So I hate that part of it, and it feels like we're running for for mayor in, of the town every single time we have a trial. And yeah, you know, and you know, some of it's not intentional though, Chancey. You know, if you you do this for a living, and and the ones that own organizations that are doing it for a living, you know, if if I'm in if I'm in you know, in the Pine Belt area and I'm with the Golden Spikes, I need to know when the Bulls are having their tryouts, right? So, oh yeah. I mean, and if they're having their tryouts on this week, maybe I need to do it a few days earlier and it just never stops. Oh, it never stops. Oh, I know. It never I stops. And it just, um, <clears throat> and I, you know, like I said, it's just, it's not a good trend. You know, things seem to flow and go back the other way, but definitely don't like the way that's going. And it's really the whole baseball scene all together. I mean, I've I've had wait lists for tournaments in April and May since December. You know, teams signing up for tournaments earlier than they've ever done before. So it just everything is happening sooner. 
yeah oh yeah oh yeah and i yeah. and 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 i'm the same way on on um you know i definitely think there needs to be a, some type of mandate of like all right this is this is your tryout period and then um and then this is when your start period and yeah. and uh because I, i'm like you i want i want those that time off I, I make our coaches so we do have our tryouts in mid-july um yeah and and we've done it since we started i've had uh coaches reach out to me hey can we have mine a little earlier so so it's having a tryout and i said i don't care you should have recruited better you know yeah. i i don't know i mean it 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 doesn't need to happen. Then you you still got three tournaments left. You can't have yeah. a tryout. This is ridiculous. Exactly. Yeah. And so um, and then I make them take August off, and and right, and I, and I do my best. And you know, I'm sure you got a tournament already posted in September, but I do my best to make them not play in September. I I, I want them to start throwing, and if if they do play in September, I wanted a one day where you know four games is the most they play. Or something, uh, because there's no way they're prepared, especially sure. non-coach pitch teams. You know, yeah. When you got kids pitching, and and I'm not one of them that's that's going to sit on here and fuss about you know coaches overthrowing kids and stuff. I think kids right. get I think kids get underthrown more than they get overthrown. But um, but but I I do know they don't prepare. Now yeah. our guys, we push, and I still got coaches. I have to like, hey, hey, bro, has he been throwing bullpens? You know. Yeah, you can ask Charlie. I'm very uh, particular on the process of bullpen throwing, like sure. uh, prepping for for a month or so uh, ahead of time of you know 25 pitches, 35 pitches. For, but you know, before we go and play, I want them conditioned where you know they're healthy and and uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna be prepared and throw strikes and do all the stuff you want them to do without mm -hmm. them over competing and not being prepared. Yeah. And, no, I and, agree. Yeah. And that gets crazy. It gets crazy. I mean, on the high school end too. Good Lord, have mercy. That that's another soapbox that just like, <laughs> yeah. and, and that that's that's getting that like I think it's it is a mess right now, in my opinion. Um, and I know uh, I've talked with uh, Chad Kai. He was with Two D now, and and uh, you know it's getting uh, it, it's getting real messy up there in the older group, and yeah, and, you know whether to go to perfect game or where to go to this, where to go to that. And, um, you know, and, and so much money spent and, you know, and, and here I am, you know, we, we become the bad guys, the, the, the team owners, organization owners, because we have to charge the money, but you know, it, of course they got bigger venues, all the stuff, but it's like, you don't have to go to this many events, you know, uh, it's, it's not necessary. And, um, but you know, the world is telling them. I guess it's necessary. So yeah, that's like I said, I, I can get down a bad soapbox of that. We're going to have to do that yeah. on another one. <laughs> yeah, I understand. If we we kind of start to wrap this thing up, Monty. You're a baseball guy. I mean, you you talked mm -hmm. about coaching at several different levels, and mm -hmm. and you've been around baseball forever. And just uh, you ever get to just go watch a game on these weekends? No, no, not really. You know, we we're Ole Miss people, so. Howdy, we, howdy. Yeah, we hotty tidy. We used to try to go get up. No state, yeah, right. Um, usually, our when I get my baseball fix in during the summer, you know, we'll go catch a few Braves games, and um, but don't get to to see. You know, sometimes on Sunday afternoon, I get to get to the field and and just sit back and watch a little bit. But it's definitely not as much as I used to, and because um, everything's bigger, which I'm not going to complain about that. Um, but definitely miss being able to coach, that's for sure. Um, but, you know, 
it's uh I know the kids are getting a good experience and that's that's good enough for me. They absolutely are. Tell uh tell folks what you got coming up and how they can uh, get in touch with you. Yeah, so you know, we uh big events, right? So Super Slam 1 coming up March 22nd weekend. I think we're sitting at 212 teams already. Um Goodness. you know, that that was kind of put in. I, I started Super Slam to, when we were trying to grow this thing. You know, USSA always had Super NIT, right? So I said, man, we need something to brand, you know, a bigger event. So kind of came up with Super Slam, and uh, that's that's been great. And you know, we've got a couple one, of them banners in our in our facility. Yeah, yeah, yeah and. And then the third weekend of May is all has turned out to be a monster. We had 236 last year. That Boys of Summer event is always sandwiched in between Mother's Day and Memorial Day. So everybody's wanting to play. Um, so yeah, man, just you know, if, if teams that uh, teams are wanting to travel a little bit from out of state or whatever, those are some good events that you should get signed up for. But definitely looking forward to those again. Awesome. Uh, so what would you, I told you earlier, we've got lots of kids that watch and, uh, lots of yeah. our guys that, that watch, what would you say to young guys, um, really any age kind of coming up in the, in the travel ball baseball world? Watch baseball on TV. <laughs> well, that, I've heard that a few that, times. That would be my biggest piece of advice, man, is just watch baseball on TV, watch these big league games, sit down and watch them. Man, I, I could have told you why somebody was bunting when I was six years old because that's all I did was watch. And, you know, I've tried to tell guys in the dugout that are not playing, stand up on the rail and watch, man, because that's just – from baseball, that's how you learn is by watching so much. And um, I think that's missed in today's world. You know, even my own kid, you know, my six-year-old, it's hard getting him to sit down and watch a Braves game with me. So – it's just different different times, but that would be my biggest piece of advice other than the obvious things of, you know, get stronger and get faster. You know, as you get older, you, you definitely got to get stronger and faster. But um, and, and a baseball IQ, I think that's what's lacking. A lot of travel teams get by on talent, but they don't know the game. You know, they don't they don't know the game within the game. So, you know, just increase your baseball IQ would be my biggest piece of advice. That's one, heard, of the, that's one of the things that, that I, I love about, yeah, that's one of the things I love about Chancey and, and his organization, and it's one of the reasons we've been with his organization for so long, and I know Mike will say says the same thing, but we learn, our kids learn the little things at a very young age, at a young yes. an age that some people would say, hey, that, they don't, that's too young, they don't even know that yet. They can yeah. throw the ball from the outfield to home plate easily, you know, mm -hmm. but they're learning cuts and double cuts and stuff, and so they learn all that, uh, the intricacies of baseball uh, at a very young age, and and it carries on throughout. And so, like I said, that's one of the things that I, I love about what Chancey does. And you're right about watching games. Kids now don't – I work with kids. I mean, I, I know this from experience. Kids now don't sit down and watch a whole three-hour baseball game. Right. They'll go on YouTube and watch the highlights. They'll watch yeah. the home runs and the strikeouts. But they're right. not watching that sack bunt. They're yep. not watching that, you know, that hit and run or that kind of thing. They're watching the home runs and the strikeouts. Or even deeper than that, Charlie, uh, uh, the the approach that that guy 
uh, coming up to the plate is doing the the him backing out and yeah. taking that deep breath and like yeah. zoning in. To me, that's the little stuff. And and you hear me at every practice. Uh, I, I usually end every practice, Monty, with with these eleven year olds. I tell them to go go watch a game, go watch a high school game, go watch. Uh, yeah. You know, we're we're blessed to have Southern Miss right there in our backyard, which is a great program. Uh, but we also have Jones and and Gulf Coast and Pearl River and yeah. you know, watch those college guys. But then, you know, you, you said, it, you know, they don't watch it as much as they used to. And it's weird because uh, of all the times that we've had, this is the easiest to be accessible to watch yeah. baseball on their phones. ESPN yeah. has just yeah. about every college baseball game uh, available and it's pretty awesome. And eventually you're going to be competing for a starting position at a high school or collegiate level. And if you're competing with somebody that's even, you know, has a, a comparable skill set to yourself, the smarter player is going to win that position. So it's just, you know, I can't stress enough about that baseball IQ. Agreed. Agreed. And Chancey, you mentioned that about the approach. And it's funny that you said that because just last week I sent, um, obviously every kid's got a phone now. So my 11 year old has a phone, but I sent him a Twitter clip of Bobby Witt. We talked about Bobby Witt last week with Joe of yeah. Bobby Witt talking about his reset, uh, how he resets after a pitch and it's, you know, steps out, finds a very small spot on the bat, takes a deep breath, tells himself something positive. And I sent that to Jackson. It's like, these are the little things that you have to figure out for yourself. You don't have to do it exactly like Bobby Witt does it, but you need to know that there that you have to reset and those kinds of things. You can't just hit home runs and strike everybody out. Yeah, and and I love it because you know he's talking about it. You know he's he's talking about that. That's something that's on his mind whenever yeah. whatever he was having an interview or whatever. He's not saying hey. Uh, yeah, right here. I got to get my backside through. I got to finish through the ball, mm -hmm. and, you know, all that stuff. And of course, you know, we're, we're, we're doing that. I, I do that Jackson just to kind of remind him because yeah, he is working on his swing, but we want to get it to where he don't have to think about that swing. All he does think about is resetting. And that's, mm -hmm. that's a beautiful thing to like, Hey, that's what we're working towards where, where that's what we're focusing on. And that's, that's when we're getting better. You know? Well, that's the one that I'm teaching my daughter and my son right now. I mean, it ain't even about the swing right now. It's like, look, every time you step into the box, you step in the same way. Like, you got to mm -hmm. find that comfortable routine, you know, that's comfortable for you and, you know, starts with your feet. Get your feet right and go from there. So, getting them to understand that's a different story. No, <laughs> it, is. it definitely is. Well, getting them to believe that dad actually knows what he's talking about. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Monty, man, we appreciate you coming on. I, this has been great. We've gone, we've held you longer than I told you we would, but uh, this has been an awesome conversation. And I think people need to hear from tournament directors and, and about kind of what goes in, the, the work and effort and uh, things that go into this. So, man, we appreciate you coming on. We'll definitely have you on again sometime. Yeah, man, anytime we can get as deep into it as you want to. And, uh, you know, appreciate what you guys doing and chances always, you know, respect everything that you're doing. So anytime you guys want to talk, just let me know. No doubt. And and um, I'd love to, and I, I haven't prepped Charlie for this, but I'd love for one of the weekends we're there, we've got, you know, um, uh, you know, a two hour break or something. Uh, we might do a live podcast there. Yeah. That'd be great. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, 
talk about what's going on. And then, you know, of course you'll be running around, but maybe you can send us somebody and, you yeah. know, just kind of have a live, uh, show them a live situation of uh, what a tournament looks like for us and, and everybody else. So I think that'd be really cool and informative. Absolutely. Yeah, like the hustle and bustle that's going on in that room that you're in right now that seems really calm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's not yeah, always that way. Yeah, I made him way. shut the door. <laughs> awesome. Man, awesome. Monty, we appreciate it, brother. And uh, we will we'll get back with you. We'll be back up there at some point soon, I know. So uh, thanks, man. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Monty. All right. Man, that was good, Chancey. Oh man, I'm glad we was able to have him on, and uh, you know, kind of want to get in uh, back into the focus of uh, youth baseball, and and uh, we'll kind of do that moving forward next few weeks, and just keep because uh, that's kind of the main focus, and we'll we'll keep you updated what Joe's doing, and um, and and uh, our high high school guys and our college guys, and and you know. The, this is supposed to be an hour podcast, but a couple of weeks in a row, we've, we've definitely went over, yeah. but we're, we're yeah. adding to it. And I think it's informative. Uh, you know, nobody's complained of how long it's been. So, um, you know, uh, I hate, we have to go late sometimes, but uh, we have to time it up with our guests and, and everything, but it is what it is, but you can go back and watch it. Charlie's got a set up on uh, iTunes and Spotify, YouTube, uh, Facebook, every platform. If, if there's a platform that you don't, that you have, and we don't, just contact us, and we'll uh, we can get on it. We'll we get, can get on, on it. it. Yeah, I, I can get us on it for sure. And uh, also, do want to say on Instagram, if you're watching on Instagram, we have a Small Ball Podcast Instagram page now. So yeah. if you would go and like that, follow that, and uh, at some point we're going to be streaming this on there uh, rather than Bull Baseball. So. Uh, go like that as well, but we're we're everywhere. Chancey puts clips on TikTok, so we're all over the place. And, and I'm looking, is, I'm looking for interns too. If anybody's uh, good at that, because my my yeah. time is very limited this time of the year, and so that is me who has to go in there and clip it out. And I'd love for, I, I definitely will pay for somebody to do that. And speaking of pay, uh, uh, this is uh, Super Savers Month uh, for a sponsorship. We will be looking for another sponsor. Uh, for March. So, uh, mm-hmm. so if you got a business that, that you want some shout outs, we'll put you on all our platforms <coughs> and give you the good, uh, shout out. Excuse me there. Uh, we'd love to have you. And I've got, I've got some that's contacted us. So we'll be rolling in with another sponsor next uh, month and, and hopefully get to where we got a couple of them each month and, uh, keep the help, keep this thing rolling and get our t-shirts for our guests and whatnot. So, um, we appreciate you guys helping out. I know Mike has seen the money just rolling in <laughs> since he started uh, sponsoring the small ball. I, I, I bet you some, some folks that didn't know he had a store has, has Googled his store, uh, knowing yeah. that, that they, they're on that side of town. So I, I, look, I believe we've at least made one sale for it. You know, <laughs> I think so. I think it's been worth his while for sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're on all the, all the platforms and uh, man, we appreciate Nancy uh, owner operator, bull baseball. I'm Charlie Rogers. He's Chancey Rogers. You got any final thoughts, Chancey, before we go? No, but I will tell you, Joe did get a hit on Friday after we talked to him against the Rangers. So he's hit, he's he's hitting. I looked today. He's hitting 500 in big league games in spring training. So, uh, oh, well, it was, was an RBI too, wasn't it? It was, it was an RBI, RBI single. Yep, yep, yep. yep. I think awesome. I, yeah, I posted it. I did post it. I posted it. I posted. Yeah. It. If you haven't liked our Facebook page, I posted a link to that. So. We will continue to do that kind of stuff. I'll try to uh, share, you know, uh, our guests, anything they got going on, uh, anything that 
that kind of we we've uh, we've been a part of already with a small ball podcast. We'll help share, share the love with them also. So keep you guys updated. I'm Charlie. He's Chancy. This has been the Small Ball Podcast. Check in with us next week. Until then, see ya. See ya.